Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Everybody Loves Bliss. I am Bliss, and on the other end in the virtual studio is my good co-host, Ross Cooper. Say hi to the people, Ross. What up, people? <laughs> How you doing, Ross? How's everything going? Oh, I'm 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 pretty groovy. Um there's good stuff coming on the horizon, so I'm I'm pretty groovy right now. Is it good stuff? I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, it's concerning some of it. It's uh, entertaining some of it. Man, okay, I'm, I'm I'm Bob Marley with it. Every little thing's gonna be all right. One way or the other, every little thing's gonna be all right. All right, listen. I I can admit when I'm wrong, so I'm about to do that right now. Oh, I, I was wrong, kinda. I said I didn't say it on the last episode, but I did say it on one episode. I said Biden was not going to nominate a black person for Secretary of Defense. Well, it looks like he did. He has nominated a black man for Secretary of Defense. Re- retired, was he a colonel, general? Uh, I know his name is Lloyd Austin. Uh, a gentleman who served 41 years in the military. Retired in 2017. He has now uh, become Biden's official, not rumored, but official nominee for Secretary of Defense. Okay, Um Here's what I'm going to say based on the information that I have. I, I'm still waiting. I think, and I could be wrong, that Biden selected him basically to shut you Black folks up. So <laughs> the Urban League and NAACP, I think he selected him for that purpose. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. Are you still with me? You, you got awfully silent. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm listening to the apology. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. I'm listening to the I was I wrong part. Let's go. I and I don't know if it's an apology. It's more like you know, I'm not always right kind of thing. But listen, I, he, here's my deal with that. He did nominate him, but there's so many technicalities to these nominations. One is that Secretary of Defense is considered. I know as crazy as it sounds, it's a civilian position. So uh, Lloyd Austin has was. Uh, excuse me, he served in the military for 41 years and he retired in, what was it, 2017 or 16. There's this technicality that there has to be a seven-year um, gap of active service um, to retirement. Um, so seven years from the time you retire, basically, um, before you're supposed to be able to slide into this role as Secretary of Defense. To me, the, the rule makes no sense because the deal is you could be considered civilian, but you serve in the military 10, 20, 30, 40 years. You got that military mindset. It is drilled into you. You could be called civilian. People can call you that all they want to. You are a military person. 40 years in the military, I don't know why we bother calling you. You can't be a civilian again. That's that's my my thought about that. So to me, the technicality is stupid. But here's what happens with that, is that he has to have a special grant by Congress in order for him to serve in that position. What do you think the likelihood of that happening is going to be? I mean, it could happen, but let me just tell you, as of Friday, 
Ted Cruz has already said that he plans on and he's trying to get all his GOP cronies who are in Congress to block Biden's nominations, specifically the nomination for Secretary of Defense. Now, part of me thinks that Biden knew that. I think that Biden knew that his selection of Lloyd Austin wasn't going to fly. And again, I think he just did it to shut us up, shut black folks up. Um, but I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I, what, what is your thought on it? That That's just me. I don't know. I, and this is where things get interesting. It depends on just how much you think. <sighs> Let me get this right. I think this is bigger than one thing. And again, if I'm wrong, I'll be back here in a little while saying, hey, I was wrong. But I think Biden's <laughs> playing a very interesting game. Where he nom- he's nominating quite a few folks, quite a few black folks, quite a few positions, and pretty much daring the Republicans to be like, nah. Even if it's legit, right? He's daring them to be like, nah. So that way, in a very short period of time, given the state of the country and honestly the lack of knowledge for a lot of the voting populace, oh, look what they did. They turned on all his appointments. We're going to vote their asses out. So I, I think Biden's playing a very interesting game right now that is bigger than this single nomination. I don't think that that's going to affect whether or not Republicans get voted back into Congress. I don't think whether, and I'm sorry, I just don't. I don't think whether or not they um, confirm or deny Biden's nominations. I really don't think that that's going to have much effect on how Republicans vote for Republicans. I I just don't. Um, And I don't think that Democrats have been um, active and powerful enough, obviously, to really affect much of what has happened in Congress. They have not. They've they've not moved the the, the House in Congress very much. So I I don't think it's that. I I think it's more of an interesting game of chess on Biden's part. It is to, again, to, to shut up the black because remember we talked about it last week that the um, black leadership groups organizations were coming after Biden about him not meeting with them not electing enough black folks in high level positions there were deputy positions that he, he was nominating folks for but not in major positions if now if by chance Lloyd Austin gets the confirmation he will be the first black person in history to lead that role as Secretary of Defense. I do not see that happening. I don't. I, I do not see that happening. The United States loves their military. They love they that's that and and that that's a major power position. Um, and I think that people look at that position, some folks, um, with more reverence than they do the position of president, honestly. And I just I I don't I, I don't. I don't know. Ted Cruz has already said they're going to block the, the the nominations, at least some of them. And I think that that's one that's going to, I don't know. We'll see. But again, I said he wasn't going to do it. And he did. He just did it. Some He did some slick shit with it. So, okay. Okay, Biden, you you got that one in. Here's this funny comment. And, and I, you know, I, I don't even know if I should bring it up, but, oh, Lord, you know, some of us, I just have to laugh at some of the commentary. So, 
just in case you hadn't heard it, Michael Eric Dyson. Now you're aware of who Michael Eric Dyson is, but for our, our listeners who don't, Michael Eric Dyson, he basically has been a political commentator. Um, he is a minister. What else does Michael Eric Dyson do? He's he's a mouthpiece, political, <laughs> civil rights mouthpiece. What, what else will we call him? I, he, when people bring up black leadership, his name does kind of come up. It come, he's kind of like the modern day, um, just in comparison of being um, politically involved and a minister. He's kind of like the the more modern day or more more contemporary, maybe Reverend Al Sharpton. May, is that a good comparison? Ooh, I think so. I think ooh. it's fair. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think. You a little bit better than Al. You a little bit better than Al, but I get where you're going. I, I get what you're going. Well, you, you know, you, same neighborhood, just not the same block. Same neighborhood, not the same block. I I would say, I think that that's a fair comparison. I didn't mean it in any kind of, I wasn't trying to suggest or shade or do anything like that. I just based on kind of their positioning in the Black community as Black mouthpieces. Um, anyway, so Michael Eric Dyson, God bless him. I, you know, and, and I have a love-hate relationship with a lot of folks. He would be one of them. His comment on it, on the nomination made me want to scream. He said that by Biden nominating Lloyd Austin, he had paid his debt to the black community. <sighs> that, <What? laughs> I should see, I, I love us, but then we, some of us, I, I mean, we, we, some of us just take it too far. Now, you know that that is going too damn far. Okay, we get it, uh, Rib Dyson. You're happy that the nomination happened. How in the hell does that pay the debt to, to Black folks by this nomination? How, how do you even come up with something like that? But that's your people. That's your- nah, fam. That, that, see, see, you, gonna, you almost had me say something colorist. Nah, nah, fam. That ain't, mm-mm. Oh, I but mean, I, I love people, my people. The, the, nah, nah. I, I, I love my people. I usually actually rock with dude. I usually I, actually rock with him, but this mm-hmm. one is like eyebrow raised to the tenth power. Like what? I yeah. I mean, some stuff. I just you know. Okay, whatever. I just had to throw that out there. I probably should have left it alone, but you know me, I couldn't leave it alone. Um, just to add to another nomination that came up today, um, Pete uh, Buttigieg was nominated for Secretary of Transportation. I don't know how we make that connection, but just to share with you, that's who got nominated today. We'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know. Rahm Emanuel got a job. Now this clown got a job. He's handing out jobs. Yeah, whatever. It's cool. It's just there. Maybe he needed a gay. He needed, a, you know, a gay male. So there you got it. You fill your quota. So he just paid his debt to the gay society right there with Pete Buttigieg. I mean, I don't hear. I, I don't hear. Well, wait a minute. I don't hear any leaders in there. I don't hear RuPaul going. You know, now our debt to the gay community is filled. Stop. You know, stop. <laughs> or Ellen. Uh-huh. You know, Ellen going. Oh, oh, Joe Biden! You have done everything we've not needed you to do. I don't hear Ellen saying that, but okay, you know. Okay. That's kind of disappointing. Okay. I never pegged. I never pegged Mike to be a bootlicker, but this has got bootlicker written all. Oh, over it. now see, you went there. Now see, you did that. I didn't. Do- yeah, Listen, this, come on, wait. man. This, this is boot. This is bootlicking advanced level class right here. This ain't even bootlicking one on one. 
This is PhD level boot licking. Wait, are you drinking tonight? Because I'm the one with the Merlot. Nah, nah, I got I got my H2O on the rocks. That's it, you know? <laughs> but this is bootlegging like on a PhD level. You have paid back the debt. Brother, say what? I'm okay. sorry. Uh, I don't remember the reparations bill being passed or even talked about. Like you pay back the uh, uh, debt. Okay. Listen, you reparations. We can't even get a stimulus, a second stimulus check. Ooh. We now to, it was, you, you said it. You said it was five dollars a day. You could sponsor an American. <laughs> it's like three dollars now. You can get an American for two dollars a day, and it two fifty. Right. Right. Oh, Trevor Noah joke for just for just two dollars and fifty cents a day. You two can sponsor a starving American. I mean, we're laughing, but it's not funny. Nah, because nah. I, it's it's really not funny because really and truly, we have not heard enough about what is going to happen with another stimulus check. Um, where I am, I'm in the DMV area, and restaurants close back down, which means um, for where I am, restaurants can no longer. Uh, serve they can serve takeout only so you can't have any uh any anybody dining in and you can't even have outdoor seating mm. um and that's happening all across the state um of maryland um i don't know what's going on in dc but that's it i, I mean we, we joke about stuff but it, we we are not I mean, insensitive to the fight i can tell you this um aoc alexandria ocasio cortez she you did love a, her. she did a you live last week and she explained one of the things that the problem is, obviously Mitch McConnell, but apparently what's holding things up is it's an either or. Apparently Republicans eat either want unemployment insurance beefed up like an extra 300 a week, not 600, an extra 300 a week or stimulus checks, not both. And that's that's the hang up there. Dems are obviously well, like, this is insane. We can't do either or do both. But that's kind of where the hang up is, again, according to AOC as of last week. OK, I didn't I didn't get a chance to look at that. But here's the other issue with that is that so what, and we're not going to get too much into this, but people are getting ready to run out of unemployment. So you've got to establish that people can reapply and still get unemployment who've run out of it. So are we talking about so and and, and I'm not asking the question for you to answer, but that's a that, there's so many big what ifs with that. They need to do something now. This is some bullshit. I mean, really, because we're also looking at and 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 again, and we're, we'll cover this in uh, later on, not tonight, but we are, we are two weeks from folks uh, being evicted. The moratorium on evictions is up mm-hmm. in two weeks. And remember, certain states allowed landlords to still file the paperwork. So they are just ready to pull the trigger. The, the paperwork is done for a lot of residents. Like the paperwork is done. The landlords have gotten their okays and they're just waiting till July 2nd or 3rd, whatever day it will be, to evict. This is crazy. It's cra- you know what? We we'll we'll handle that, but again, oh, in the meantime, uh the vaccine is rolling out. <laughs> 3 million. First 3 million is rolled out. I'm like, "Hey, if this keeps up at just 3 million a week, let me see. It is the middle of December, January, February, March. That's 12. Another six. We'll have 18 million by March. My prediction is we'll be like maskless and able to hug by spring, by Easter. We'll be at a no mask and hugging by Easter. Okay. Let me just, let me just give you this. (laughs) 
it's interesting how we handle things in the United States. Because first of all, the 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 fear factor amongst African Americans is much higher than even I thought, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Um, polls across the country are showing that anywhere, depending on the poll, anywhere from seventy five to like ninety some percent of African Americans polled say they are not interested in taking the vaccine. Now, what has been interesting is, of course, the first person in the United States to take the vaccine was a black woman. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I don't know what selection process. I know this is a um, a nurse. She was a nurse um, from Queens mm-hmm. who took the vaccine. Um, they put it on camera. We know, and let me tell you, unlike the questionable vaccines we said that Obama might get, she got the real thing. I don't I don't think they gave her a placebo. Man, I, man, I, I just don't count on that neither. I, I, well, she 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 looked like she took the vaccine. Um, a nurse from Queens, um, her thought process was that she wanted to be the first because she wants folks to trust the science. <laughs> I, I, I stand wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to say this because it was, I read her statement and her statement verbatim was she, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. She understands the history of, of racist, racism and discrimination and experimentation on black people in this country. She understands this, but well, wanted to instill confidence and people who look like her. Oh my God! <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? Because, well, keep in mind, this woman is not a foundational Black American. And when I say that, I need people to understand this woman's an immigrant. She's been in the United States for 30 years. She's 52. Right. I think the thought process of immigrants, Black immigrants that come to the country is a little bit different. We know that... And I'm not going to, I know, I know, but the thought process of foundational black Americans, meaning those of us who have, um, slave, slave, uh, ancestry versus those who are first generation here, the thought process, or even second generation here, the thought process is totally different. I, I I'm going to say that, but you still have some of us who who have this kind of oh we've got to trust the science kind of mindset um the pedigrees um i don't well you saw it the couple so msnbc um did this uh interview with an older black couple who was part of the pfizer trials they are the pedigrees this couple who look like pedigree, by the way. You know, they were the, the when they did the uh, interview with them, the wife had on a smart royal blue, uh, looks like jumpsuit maybe, and the gentleman was wearing his white shirt and bow tie to do this interview, which I thought was humorous and cute. Older couple. They look like they're probably in their, what, late 60s, 70s, who admitted that they had lived through Tuskegee. Like, they lived through Tuskegee. But they're... they're thought process was, well, we have to acknowledge the fear is real, but we also have to acknowledge we've come a long way. What, what? long way are they talking about? What what long way are they talking about? Are What what are we talking about? Do, do you know that we there was just discussion in July about North Carolina, the years and years that the North Carolina, the state of North Carolina had a whole eugenics project that North oh. Carolina 
sterilized nearly 8,000 people in North Carolina. Poor white women and and African-Americans, they sterilized them. So to control the population rates. Oh, you know, we're not giving all this information. Let people look it up. Okay. But it's North Carolina, the, yeah. Um, So, and that went on up until the mid seventies. We're still using Henrietta Locke's cells. Stolen from her. Didn't ask her family about it. Didn't ask her about it. Didn't ask her family. Hasn't really sufficiently uh, paid the family or done justice by the family, but her, her cells are still being sent all over the world. What are they talking about that that Tuskegee won't happen again? Where do, where are, where do people get this information from? Where do people get this blind trust? Where, and here's the other thing. You got to assume folks like you, meaning that they, they care for you in order for you to assume that Tuskegee won't happen again or or you overlook things like sterilization projects that go on. Mm-hmm. You the, the checks for those folks that that happened to, those first checks started coming in 2014. That's just six years ago. So what are we, are you kidding me? So we, we and you, you know, we, we got black folks and this is an older black couple. So that you would look at them and you would think they have some sense. They, they would fill all the checklists. Like if you saw them on paper, they fit all the checklists for respectability politics. They are res- the respectable black family and they don't have no sense. I'm sorry. I mean, no, dis- I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the pedigrees, but you, you're, the statements they made were not based on any scientific fact. They weren't based on history. Right. This assumption, is it as, it, and I'm wondering, is it an assumption because they've done the right things? They've made it. They're, they're finally at least middle class. Um, they're comfortable. They've probably been able to raise their kids and grandkids well, and they've all gone to college. Does that, I mean, is, does that do something to people where you, you no longer are able to see reality? I don't know. I don't know. But they are certainly parading all kinds of black folks in front of us. All kinds. So you got the, the first black woman who took the, in Queens. Then you got the, the, the crew in Boston doing the dance. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that's viral now. There's a, there's a, a group of medical workers. I don't know if they're techs or nurses or what are they, what they are, but black, it looks like mostly black and brown that came outside and did a whole choreographed dance in front of the medical facility that they worked in just to kind of build a way of building trust. You can't build trust. (laughs) See the thing. The thing. The thing. I've noted, right? When we start talking about this and how other countries, because people love other countries, other countries I've noticed have two things that this place does not. One, other countries either do not have a palpable fear of their government, do not have the history that this government has. So the government says, "Hey, check this out." Everybody stay in the house for the next month. We're going to get through this together. It's like, okay, cool. Or you do what China did and literally lock people in their buildings like you can't leave. Here, we have this interesting combination where we have the freedom. We have the civil rights. Wah, wah, wah. But we also have a healthy reason to not trust what the government says. So it's, it's like... No, I don't. We don't believe. We don't believe what we're being told. There is no trust that can be won back 
when we have people in Washington taking bribes, aka lobbies, like there's no trust to be won back. I'll never trust you, especially as a black person living in this country. Nope. Like there's a healthy reason to not trust anything the government says, especially if you're black. And it and it doesn't and and let me just say this because then people think oh well they're like they're like conspiracy theorists they're like well if you don't trust the government why are you here don't ask that question because <laughs> Africa as as foundational African Americans we have the right to be here but we have the right to question based on historic facts this is not out of line at all this is based on what has been and what continues to be in this country and we still live and thrive here and have the right to be here and we will always have that and we will still always criticize what goes on in this country i just want to make sure that that's clear before somebody sends that that uh well why don't you leave go somewhere else letter <laughs> to to either you or i it is a it it is healthy it is smart and it is fair to have a criticism of the country that you helped build, your ancestors helped build. We are founding members of this country and we are just examining what is. That is simply what it is. So with that, you know, you brought up other countries and what's interesting, you know, I, I don't I don't know all the deal about what China did. I, I have not done enough research on how China has handled um, COVID. But I do know that China, I, you don't hear talk about China and the vax, any kind of vaccine. And they are bringing back their economy, but I'll, I don't hear talk about the vaccine in China or Chinese taking this vaccine. And supposedly, China is not supposedly, but China is the place where the virus started. <laughs> where it was made, where it came from. That's not being xenophobic or, or prejudiced or anything. It is what it is. That's the truth. But I don't hear talk about China taking the vaccine. In fact, we just got some really great information on two countries that uh, have opened up, uh, New Zealand and Australia. They are, they are, they've opened up their economies. There's no COVID restrictions. They're declaring their nations virus-free and they're not taking vaccines. So what are we missing here? What what is what are we missing here? They did the same kinds of preventives that we did. They wore masks. They did the six feet apart. And again, I don't know all of the history of New Zealand or Australia, but I I, I would suspect that there's a different kind of agenda that goes on in, in that in those countries. There's a different kind of trust. And they were able to get through it and are getting through it without a vaccine. Doesn't that, I mean, at the very least as an American, don't you kind of go, hmm, or if you're in the UK or if you're in your, in other parts of Europe, because I, let me just pause and shout out to France um, and to Germany. Cause we, for some reasons we have great listenership there. So for our French audience and our audience in Germany, thank you very much. But <laughs> Ooh, I have to say, that, I was about to say something different. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, okay. What were you, oh, don't whatever. Don't don't offend the listeners. Nah. That don't we're gonna offend some listeners anyway. But don't don't go out of your way to do it. No, I'm not. I'm just looking at the the or the the or the origin countries of this vaccine. Oh, oh Lord. What? Okay, let me just get this part out, and then you go there. The, all I'm saying is New Zealand is opened up their economy. Right. They've, they're they're not wearing the mask anymore. There's no social distancing. 
And actually, let me just thank one of our listeners who sent that in and sent that information to me about New Zealand. Um, the information about Australia came later. So I want to thank our, our listener. Um, I don't know if I should say, do we say, we're going to thank Charmaine for that information. She knows who she is. So thank you for sending that information. Yay. So we, 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 you know, so what are we doing wrong? I mean, we, shouldn't we, aren't we supposed to be the, the most sophisticated, the most evolved, we're supposed to be the most powerful, you know, United States, you know, loves to be the leader. We ain't leading, we, we, how come we're not leading in, in fixing this pandemic? Because what is, it, it, it's always felt like the agenda was set from the beginning. And I've and I've and I've, I've we've we've questioned it on on the show. We've questioned the lack of information, the information that would be would have been very helpful for us. We've questioned a whole lot of things. This rolling out of this vaccine so quickly, and here we have other places that don't even need a vaccine that are going on with life. Yeah, it should make you wonder. I'm sorry. I mean, the come, come on, because I get it. The, the the temptation is there for some folks to say oh, you're conspiracy theory. Da, da, da. Listen, let's let's just just real quick. I'm gonna do a couple points, and we will do this factually. Okay, start from the top. One, um, no no conspiracy theory. The, the Tuskegee experiment actually happened. There's a reason for black folk to be skeptical of and in, getting injected with anything. That's one. Two, like you just mentioned, other countries are doing this lot of vaccine. Um, Operation Warp Speed took. I don't know, I guess from March to now, the the companies, Pfizer, and I do believe BioNTech, origin countries are here in Germany. Hmm. Um, everyone celebrated when the vaccine had a 95 or 97% efficacy rate. If you do the quick math, though, cases to deaths, it's about a 98% efficacy rate for just herd immunity. So again, goes back to what you said. Why do we need a vaccine? Um, why we're not leading as far as containment? Well, we're quote unquote free. When the government said everybody stay in the house, you know, certain people, <coughs> red states, were like, nope, infringing upon my civil rights. I'm not staying in the house. I'm not wearing no mask. So there's that tidbit. But but hold on, hold on. Let me let me pause you there. Speaking of that, because um, I just pulled this story about South Dakota. And I, I'm, I'm going to let you get back. I'm, I just want to put this in real quick. So South Dakota, I did not know this. Their governor is Christy Noem, who is a Republican. Um, did you know that South Dakota, now in the middle of a pandemic, had a major event in South Dakota? It's called the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Yes. That rally brought in, are you ready for this? 500,000 people <laughs> came, went went, went, because it's over with, went to South Dakota for this one rally. And based on the numbers, now the numbers for South Dakota have risen, but in the last week, there's been a decline in the numbers. And and keep in mind too, when you're looking at information on this particular story, it depends on who you, who you go to for the story. But basically in terms of numbers that they can correlate to that event, Based on the numbers, you see, I saw some place where there were 330 that could, they confirmed and somewhere like uh, 400 and some numbers that they could confirm went back to that particular, they could track back to that event out of 500,000 people. Now, I saw places calling calling the event a super spreader. 
How is 500 people out of 500,000 a super spreader? It, it, it just draws. How is that a super spreader? How do you, that does, and, and, this, and, and, you know, and with her, with um, this governor, uh, again, Governor um, Christy Noem, you know, she was one of those, I'm supporting Trump. I, you know, she didn't have any of the uh, restrictions. Like her state didn't have the restrictions. You didn't have to wear masks. You didn't have to do all those things. Now, I would think based on that, the numbers should be outrageously high in South Dakota based on the kind of measures we're taking now in terms of, you know, this vaccine and closing things down. So South Dakota should have, should be rampant. It should be rampant with coronavirus. And the numbers, even when they're skewed up, don't match what we're being told. And 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 as I'm saying this, I, w- I want to say this again, because I, I always want to be sure that we're doing this. I know that some of our listeners know somebody who's had COVID, may have had COVID, may have lost a friend or family member to COVID. I, and I'm, I'm, I know that I know that that exists. And I am not trying to demean or discount that loss at all. I'm just trying to make this make sense. And I have said from the beginning, and I'm going to stick to it, I think a lot of the people who have caught the virus, because I think the virus is real, but I think a lot of the people who have caught the virus were immunocompromised. And this idea again, and 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 this is my opinion, and I, and I, I pray I'm not offending anyone, but my opinion has been that we have not understood what healthy has meant in this country for a very long time. So I'm sure there are people who thought, Oh, this person wasn't sick. They were healthy. But you knew that person got the flu every year or a cold every year. That person is immunocompromised. And we've, I've, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to stick with that. So the person, you know, we may know people or you may know people that seemed healthy, but got this disease and didn't make it. Also, we also know now that some of the early treatments were not correct. We know that the the ventilator for a lot of people killed a lot of people. Like the COVID didn't really kill them. It was the ventilator. We've talked about that on earlier shows. So when we say all this, and Ross, I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you the floor back. But I just want people to understand we are not being insensitive. I am not directing you on whether you should take the vaccine or not. I just think that we need to, and and, and my co-host I know is in agreement, that we are here to give you some other information to think about. 500,000 people in South Dakota at one major event. That is a lot of people to come in to an area, especially during this time when everybody's keeping apart. These people weren't wearing masks and they were not social distancing. I'm not saying that you should stop wearing your mask or you should be gathering in large groups. I'm saying you got to look at this and wonder. You got to look at this and because I'm going to tell you the people I, I'm and I'm going to guess these folks for at this bike rally pro- probably weren't the cleanest. Look, I don't care. I don't care. I said it. I said it. I said it. What probably wasn't a whole lot of hand uh, hand cleaning. Probably what because if you're not wearing a mask, and you don't care about social distancing. You probably and a lot of people don't wash it. Lot, people are nasty anyway. That's what COVID has shown us anyway. People were nasty anyway. Look, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not holding back. People, we, we knew that early on. That's what COVID brought out. A lot of people were nasty in the way that they handled 
um, just just in life, not washing hands, not wiping surfaces down. Most people don't weren't doing a good job of that beforehand. Some of them are better. And I know people have gone back to the to the same old habits. Listen, you and I, when you were here in town a couple of weeks ago, we sat in that place that I'll never go back to again. I looked around, wasn't nobody using hand sanitizer. So listen, people are not that clean. I mean, they're just not. Okay. And that, and, and I'm a germaphobe. So, you know, always have been. So there's that. So I, I'm just, I'm just saying, so, you know, you, all of those factors and we, the numbers should be bigger. Even, I, and, and even that, go, go ahead, go ahead. I go mean, ahead. I'm sorry. The I'm thing, though, like I said, this is not being conspiracy theorists. This is not disrespecting anybody who lost someone to this disease. This is asking very basic, simple questions. I'm going to piggyback off something you just said. They just had this huge ass event in South Dakota recently, right? And based on that, that number of people alone, there should have been a lot more cases, right? There are two communities that should have been ravaged by now. And either A, they have been, and we haven't been, been made notified, or B, it hasn't happened. One group typically can't social distance. That would be prisoners. The other group typically has an issue with cleanliness. That would be homeless. Yet, we have not heard about mass numbers of either of those two dying off. You're starting to hear a little more about stuff going on in prison prisons, but not the numbers that you would expect. You are right. And homeless, we don't have hardly any numbers about homeless folks coming in. That's right. You, I've not heard it. If somebody knows some other information and they want to send it in, I mean, think about like Skid Row, be, just because of what was going on in LA anyway, how large Skid Row is. Right. How many homeless that you have? And, and, and I, listen, it, I'm just saying, we're just saying. We should, be hearing, about, we should be hearing about homeless people lying dead in the streets, piling up, but we're not. And, get and I'm glad we're not. I mean, let, let's be clear. We're glad oh, we're absolutely. not. We absolutely yeah. glad. Absolutely glad. But in giving how hard this country, I know in other countries, how hard this country is pushing, get a vaccine, get a vaccine, get a vaccine. This is going to kill you. It's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. If it were happening, I'm sure we'd know about it because that would add to the gumbo to make people, oh my goodness, look, look how, look how, look what's going on out there. We got to get this vaccine like tomorrow. So, but I bet you, I bet you what's going to happen as, as we've seen these polls happening and black folks not wanting to take this vaccine, one or two things, you're going to start hearing reports that the numbers are rising all out of nowhere. You're going to hear different, they're going to start telling you those numbers are rising out of nowhere. Even though you've been, even though we can't go nowhere, I'm going to tell you in the DMV, Maryland specifically, you can't go hardly any place. I I know people that are staying in; they're not doing much of anything. They're wearing the mask. I, so, somewhere, some somehow, you're going to start hearing reports that the numbers are going to go up, or they're going to force you to t start finding other ways to make you take it. I think so. I think because they're not getting the the volunteers that they expected. I think I would, they, they've got to get the, they're going to get the medical community that they, you they're they've pushed. They, they they always find a way to make the medical community. I mean, take it makes these sense, though, given the population they come in contact with. It absolutely makes sense, at least. on the mm, OK, OK. I mean, OK, <laughs> let's flip it for a second. Would you uh, want to put would you want to put your grandmother in a facility where folks aren't immunized? Like, I get it. But um. I wouldn't want to put my grandmother in a facility, period. Right. Um, but 
I don't see, I, I can't, here's, here's my deal with that. If I don't trust the vaccine for me, why would I trust it for someone else? Why would I be okay with someone else that being forced on someone else? If I don't trust what it can do to me, why would I be okay with someone else having to take it? I know, of course not. I can't sign off for that. That how how logical does that sound? I think that in certain jobs you have to take better care of your body and you have to do extra. You just do. And I think that if you work in the medical community, you need to be doing other things. Again, I'm a I'm one of those people that's for holistic med- medicine and taking care of your body. Even though I'm lazy, I know y'all already told me because somebody already asked me about why I don't exercise like I should. So okay, I'm sorry I say, shared that with the people, but. Other- <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> other than that, I am very much for a great diet. I am very much for supplements. I am very much for being in the sun. I'm very much for meditation and prayer and all of those things, those alternative things that I think work better than taking a shot. So from for me, do I think that people in the medical community who work in the medical community should be required to? No, I don't. I don't. Because I know that I know a few who have practiced, who were able to fight against having to take, it's very few that were able to get to fight against taking the shots. And generally they fared better during the flu season than their coworkers that took the shot. Every time I work, and I, I let me just say, um, I have access, I, you know, without getting, giving all my stuff away, I, I have done work um, in several medical facilities. And I noticed that during flu season, the people that seemed to get the flu had the flu shot. That was just my, that was just my observation. Maybe not true of everyone. I'm not saying it's true of everyone. I'm certainly not, but generally that's what I noticed. So absolutely not. I, that wouldn't be fair of me to say that. Are you, is that your feeling that they should have to take it? How is that right? No, um, you don't want to. You don't want to take it. So why should they have to take it? That's like saying, "Oh, shouldn't all trainers, personal trainers, because they come into contact, oh, shouldn't they have to take the food?" Hell, why, why we gotta do yeah. that? Why we gotta do that? That ain't cool. I'm that, just saying. I mean, cool. we why gotta, we gotta do that. We, um, we have to be fair. No, I don't think you should have to take it. I think, I, but I think you need to take a different kind of care of your body. If you work amongst people who are sick all the time, I think you need to make sure that you are keeping your immune system up. I think there are better ways to do it than taking a vaccine, much better ways. That's just me. That's just me. Listen, anybody listening, you, if you take the vaccine and you want to take the vaccine, have at it. We're not telling you not to. I have to keep saying that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not. I'm telling you, I will find somebody to forge papers to say I did before I take that thing. I'm absolutely oh, not. Oh, now, now. Now, now, sir. Now, now, you're talking about illegal actions on this podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't see not... that kind of behavior, sir. The jury sir, will strike that on. from the record. <laughs> we're moving on. You know what? Um, it, it is getting scary. You know, there was a family, um, in all seriousness, that um, was it just the other day was flying on United. Their two year old, it was a couple. Uh, husband and wife and their two-year-old daughter. The two-year-old did not want to put the mask on, refused to put the mask on. United Airlines refused to take off and escorted the couple off the plane. Not only did they escort them off the plane, but they have a ban, an indefinite ban. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. Ban from flying on United Airlines indefinitely. That's just dumb. It, it's 
I'm, I'm, I, okay, okay. There's what they say sometimes in the legal, in the legal field is there's the law, then there's the letter of the law. The law says, okay, it's this, this, and this. But the letter of the law is, eh, technically I could pull you over for going two miles over the speed limit, but I'm not going to because two miles over. This is one of those, I read it and it said, anyone two and up has to have a mask on. But you, you mean to tell me you did not give any discretionary power to these employees? Because a two-year-old, anyone that's ever been around a two-year-old understand, like, there's no negotiating with a two-year-old. So you mean to tell me th- this This was your answer? This was your answer. Throw them off the plane and ban them. Th- this and ban them. And, and, and refuse to take their luggage off the plane. So their luggage went to the destination. They were flying from um, Dallas to Newark, New Jersey. Their luggage went to Dallas, um, excuse me, to Newark. And their car seat, their child's car seat. So they had to risk in terms of traveling with her, however they were able to travel with her, doing it illegally if they were in a car because her car seat went. I, I, you know, there are people who are going to argue different ways. And I, I actually read some of the commentary and people were talking about they should be able to control their two-year-old. There are people who've never had a two-year-old, but okay. You know, I I just, all I'm telling you is that this is getting, it is going to be, and we've said it, it's going to get, in terms of limitations on what you can do, it's going to get worse and worse. And it won't be just, if people don't start speaking up, it won't be just, well, you don't have on a mask. It'll be, do you have a vaccine? That is my concern. So this is about the mask now. She did not have on a mask, the two-year-old. So they put the whole family off, the the father and the mother. Um, I just... Now there are people that believe, and I, I'm one. I'm I'm going to admit this. I I'm I'm more cautious when I'm around little kids than I am around adults because I do know <laughs> that little people tend to carry a lot of germs mm-hmm. just because of the nature of the way they play and touch things. So they're germy, and I'm more. Co- listen, <laughs> listen. My 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 sister and brother, anybody that knows me, they can tell you. You, when my nieces and nephews are little, and they if they sneeze, I give them back. I'm sorry. You come around with a runny nose. I'm like, oh Jesus. Oh, no. oh yeah. Do I have enough vitamin C in my body? I just, <laughs> I am. I'm that person. So I, I, I get it. I, I get it to a certain degree. But if you're if you're practicing the right social distancing on a plane. And what the father did, if you see the actual video, and again, this will be one of the videos that we'll put up on the um, page. It, I mean, he he, what he was doing, because some folks said he didn't try hard enough to put the mask on her. What? I think it was, it was, well, I think it was the choice between trying to keep her calm because if she had started kirking out on the plane, then people would have had a problem with that. Because I hate that. I'm going to tell you, I hate being on a plane and and again i'm a person who does not have children Uh um so when kids are acting bananas on a plane i'm like oh jesus just i two people i hate sitting next to the person with the cold and the person with the kid so i i I, you know i've had that concern but 
I don't, I just, I, I just feel like this didn't have to happen because he did put, he was able to calm her and put her on his chest and he had something that kind of covered her mouth. It wasn't a mask, but something that he was holding over and that should have been good enough. And it was not. And, you know, United has not answered yet. They've given, um, cause I looked before we started recording to see as of yet, if they've given a real statement. Um, basically all they said is the health and safety of their employees and customers is their highest priority. And they've got multi-layered policies, including mandating that everyone two and older wears a mask and that they're going to investigate further. That's all they've said. Now, what it's, what's interesting to me is that this story, this story hasn't gone more viral. And I don't see as much cancel culture as we see canceling people from having an opinion. I'm surprised that I'm not seeing cancel culture go after United. I'm not really seeing that. I mean, I've seen a few people, you know, like we're not traveling United. We're not, maybe because people aren't traveling that much anyway, but the outrage, I'm surprised there's not more outrage, which I'm wondering what that says about us as, you know, as a collective, as the, you know, what, what people's mindsets are now. I mean, what, what is your thing? Are you surprised that there's not more outrage about how this family was treated? Uh, no, because based on the comments, like you said, there are people who actually are riding with it. There are people who actually say, "Well, you didn't. You could have did a little more." And like, and I'm like, this has got to be coming from people who have never owned, who've never, never. I jokingly say owned, but there's there are people got to be coming from people who have not been around or have kids. Because if you've been around a two year old longer than twenty minutes, you understand why they're called the terrible twos. From personal experience. My son put the terrible in terrible twos and there was no negotiating, none of that. It was no. And then we went from no to nuclear tantrum. So I, I don't, I, I guess it's just these people that have no concept or understanding of that. I think that is what plays into it. We're not going to cancel it because there are people actually agreeing with what happened. I, I saw that. I was surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised by the, I, there are a lot of people keep in mind that I saw that think that the family was treated unfairly. Yes, there's that. But there isn't like this main move, you know, this, I thought that this would have sparked outrage against United. But I think what's happening is it's speaking to kind of where we're coming with this whole thing. Like we're being trained, you know, we were being trained to have the mask on, to keep distance. I mean, keep in mind, we're in the holiday season and I know people that have not seen their family or their loved ones this year who've not gone to see their parents or who've not gone to see you know, other family members and not been in the same space with them for fear. And I, I you know, and again, I, I, I I'm just observing the world. I, I've got so many mixed feelings about it. I, I don't know that this was handled correctly, B- but people are so afraid now. Um, and they've, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I, I, I firmly believe this was not handled correctly in any way, shape or form, but it goes back to what you said. Fear factor is real. And um, it's real. I don't, I, 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 though I'm not taking it, I'm pretty sure you're not taking it. I'm really, I'm joking, but not joking. I can't wait for this thing to get rolled out so enough people take it so the government can can be like, hey, everything's fine now. Because this this fear 
can can is a slippery slope and can start leading to more extreme behavior. Like like what's next? Somebody coughs and you want to punch him in the face? Like what was short fence? Short fence. Listen, on a plane, I've been that girl. <laughs> rip, rip. Oh my I'm, god. I'm, Seriously, I no. Seriously, I'm I'm I I hate being on a plane next to somebody and they call. I am I'm in or in the movie theater. I have I have moved away from if you if you cough too many times. I have moved in a movie theater, but and I'm and I wanted to add a little levity to that. But that is a true story for me. If you if I'm in a movie theater and you sit behind me and you you got you got three coughs max, and then I'm. <laughs> One of us got to go, and it's usually I'll I'll just leave it. I mean, true. I'm I'm telling you the truth. So, um, yeah. But this United thing, it it is alarming um, because their ban is in they, they have an indefinite ban. Just just to let you know that it wasn't. Oh, we are banning you from this flight. We are banning you, your family, indefinitely. So a two year old has earned her indefinite ban off an, off of an airline. But remember, we we talked about the airline that already talked. Um, um, what is it? Oh, I can't remember. Queen Quinos uh, Airlines has already talked about, you know, making sure you have the vaccine before you fly the airlines. So I I don't know. But you know, in in speaking to the fear, and this is not a funny story at all. Um, Recently, um, actor um, Tommy Tiny Tiny Lister um, passed away, and and you know, even if you don't know him by name, as soon as you Google the name and you see his face, you've seen him. He's always like the 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 menacing, the big menacing character. The uh, um, in movies, he always played that role. This like the scary strong guy. Um, he recently passed away. He was sixty two, and. Um, what really, when I saw his story, what really broke my heart about his story is that um, uh, in March, it was reported that he he had tested positive for COVID and he had since gotten over COVID, but recently was showing signs of COVID. And there's actual um, interview, which I am not gonna. I'm not gonna post that interview. It was I couldn't even watch it, and I'm I'm glad you were able to watch more of it. I could I could I saw it in bits and pieces. It broke my heart because as he's being interviewed, you could see, you could hear that he was struggling to breathe. He was struggling to talk in this interview, and it has been reported now that um, he thought he had COVID again, but he didn't want to get um, get treatment because he didn't want to be intubated. He was afraid that they were going to try to intubate him. And, and keep in mind that a lot of deaths early on, we know, were caused from improper intubation. So intubation. So this people close to him were saying that he, you know, he was struggling to breathe, but he didn't go get treatment. But he was willing. He had stated somewhere in the interview, and you heard it and played it for me because I, I had, I had totally not heard the part where he said he was waiting for the vaccine. He was willing to take the vaccine, but didn't want to go get treatment. And I'm like, oh Lord, it's, it's just heartbreaking to see him struggling like that in the video and to hear him because he sounds like he's struggling. And you know, just. I think it just speaks to the confusion, not just the fear, but the confusion about what do we do about this vaccine? I mean, excuse me, about this 
this this COVID? How do we handle it? Because it, it seems odd to me or counterintuitive to me that you're struggling with the symptoms and you you're afraid to get the treatment, but you'd be willing to take the vaccine. I I just I, I you know, and I'm not judging. I'm not. I just because he's not here. But it it was, uh, I, yeah. And and the interview, um, it's if you all want to see it, you can go to TMZ. I'm not I'm not going to post it. Um, but it was and it was done days before he passed. He was actually found in his hotel. He had passed away. So what are your your thoughts on that? Uh, um, it's tragic. First and foremost, um, I. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like I said, it starts and finishes with being a tragic thing. I know, like I said, uh, he wanted to take the vaccine. Um, not specifically to him, but I think when it comes to black people, what I'm finding is people's proximity, their degrees of separation to tragedy from this disease is, is coloring their, their, their inclination on whether or not they're going to take the vaccine. Like the people I know, and I know, ironically, I'm honestly shocked, but I know just in passing, looking at posts, so on and so forth, there's a lot of black folk that are like, yep, sign me up. I want the vaccine. And what I find the commonality is wow. they've lost someone or they had it themselves and they were symptomatic. And, and it's, it's like that. Like me personally, I know somebody that knows somebody that had it. Or I know somebody that knows somebody whose cousin had a friend who died from it. My degrees of separation are a few. Now, I will say, even even if it weren't, I'd still not take it. I know some people out there going to say, well, that's easy for you to say you haven't lost anybody. I get it. You can make that argument. But I'm finding people's willingness to take this vaccine, black people's willingness to take this vaccine, is based on how many degrees of separation they are from tragedy because of it. And in his case, it's a very interesting thing to say, I'm not going to go get treated, but I'm looking forward to the vaccine. I'm like, uh, hmm, hmm. I don't know how that works. I don't. I don't know what the how what the, the logic behind that was, unless I, you I know, like you said, you pointed out to me before. Sadly, some folks have gone into the hospital and been put on ventilators, and the situation worsened. So maybe that's what he was trying to avoid. And just figured the vaccine would make things better because, based on what I read, it wasn't sure if he had it, got rid of it, and got it again, or if he had it, it never left its body and it flared up again. And this goes back to the ignorance of what we don't know about this disease. I was going to say, that's part of the question is that, you know, I, I know that there's uh, the actress, Melissa, uh, excuse me, Alyssa Milano, who had the disease, um, had the virus and supposedly was cured from it. But she's got all these residual effects that she's, she's claiming happened, like hair loss and fatigue what? that stayed with her after. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, that's an interesting story to pull. And that's, um, again, a, a actress, Alyssa Milano, who, you know, said that, you know, fatigue and hair loss and all those things she's dealt with months after getting over the virus. I, I, I you know, I, I just, you know, I, I just, it, 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 there's, there's so much. And I think that there's some truth to what you're saying. I think also you have to, um, add age. I think, um, depending on a person's age too, I think older folks might be more willing than younger folks, um, to take the vaccine. I think so. I think that, I think you, you see a little more, a few more older people more willing to take it than younger, but generally there's not a, a, a lot of, um, 
trust overall in our community with the vaccine. And it's going to be, it, it, it's going to be, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks, because I think that there's going to be some major turns about who, not who can get it now, because now we're in the beginnings of who gets it first. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, like it's the gold, who's going to get the gold penny first. Um, they're kind of, you know, tr- handling it in this way like who can who's blessed with it first and it's going to be like okay we how are we going to get these people to take it i i think that that's going to change real soon how are we going to get these people to take it um how we how are we going to mandate without looking like we're mandating uh, that folks take this so um yeah it, it it's going to be an, an, an in- interesting next couple of months um to see what happens. And um, I want to, before we close out this part, just to um, send our blessings and um, condolences to the family of um, Tommy Tiny Lister. Um, So with that, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a heck of a week uh, with things going on. Uh, Okay. I'm going to go here because I got to take a left turn. Um, Your auntie, (laughs) <laughs> your auntie Maxine um she's writing letters <laughs> your auntie um Maxine Waters wrote a letter um recently that went viral um the letter she wrote she wrote a letter to um um the WAP goddess one of the WAP goddesses that's what I call them uh Megan the Stallion <sighs> On official paper too. This wasn't even on um like her own personal um paper um stationery. This was on, you know, government stationery. Um basically thanking her for uplifting black women. Um the part that really threw me was was it did she use the word um, role model. It was. Did she use role model? I I hope she didn't use role model. I think she said something about Megan uplifts the black woman. Um, she said she was proud of her, and and you know I, I think that you know I, I have to consider some things with Megan. Megan, I, you know I don't think Megan's a bad person. I don't. I just think that when you get a letter from a member of Congress about your work in uplifting the community, I just, I'm wondering how many of these letters Maxine Waters sent out. I I just, because with that, you also got Cardi B being billboards, billboards. (laughs) Oh, that was not meant to be that. I did not mean to say Uh birds. Bill, oh, that was a real Freudian slip. Billboard is it? Bill, it is Billboard's Person of the Year. Yeah, that's Woman of the Year. Yeah, Woman of the Year. Yeah, person. Yeah, whatever. Um, I just think that the representation for us, for younger Black women, especially, because not for me, I'm I'm grown. Um, but for younger women I'll, I'm gonna say 25 and under I, I just uh, I, I don't I just I hope that Maxine Waters wrote some other letters to some other people it just seems like uplift 
uplifting the black woman's uh, I, 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 mean, I don't know looking at the letter she's right okay help me because maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm being harsh no, again, help I, me. I will say this from the standpoint of like obviously I'm a guy so there's going to be a little and difference you like, and you like watching women doing them wop dances and all that half naked careful there we're not going to go that what? far what? okay Mm-hmm. Like I've seen, I saw the video one time. <laughs> That's it. I don't. In general, like it doesn't appeal to me. And I understand that's a bit of programming, but I have zero problem with a woman owning her sexuality. Like, look, I don't care if you walk at the house and pasties a thong and cowboy boots. It does not give me the right to disrespect you in any way, shape, or form, nor make judgments about you. If that's what you feel like doing, that's the beauty of being in this country. You can do that. So that's a that, part of that is freedom. Part of that is patriarchy part of that is eurocentric thinking but okay okay i mean i'm just saying like i'm not gonna like oh my god you're a hoe like no if you want to do pasties of thong and cowboy boots today oh, I, whatever I, okay <laughs> I, I, I think i just ahead. think it's bigger fish to fry and and we seem in, in this country to to have such an issue when a woman owns her own sexuality and is not connected to a guy in any way shape or form that that's just my observation um, but, but you, but it's done for the attention of men and it's done to sell it's for sale. It is done. It is not done as a form of simple ownership and pride. It's done because it sells a product. Can I, can I say, can I say so, that real quick as best as I can? Here's what okay. I found interesting and heartbreaking. I saw a thread online, right? And it said, ladies, what would you do? If there were no men around for a week or what have you, what would you know men? You know what the vast majority of those posts were? I'd wear a miniskirt and go for a walk in the park. I'd wear what I want and feel safe. So it, it, I get what you're saying, but no, it's not all for the attention of guys. In fact, I think a lot of the opposite can be said is true. A lot of women are dressing in a certain way to avoid the attention and the negative things that come with it. Because when I read a post and it's 50, 100 women talking about how they wear what they want and they'd walk in the park by themselves to feel safe, that that's that that heartbreaking. That's a problem. I, I'm going to say this to you. I'm, I'm going to ask where that post was, who posted it, because there are certain collectives that will post things and they're going to get a certain response. You put that post on in one place, you'll get different women that will respond to it. You put it on a feminist page, you're going to get a different kind of response. I'm not saying you saw it on a feminist page, right, I, no, but we have to be it. honest about who the audience is for this particular, wherever this was posted, they have an audience. And your response is based on the audience. Just like when we were talking earlier about the the South Dakota numbers, depending on where I went to look at the response to the event that happened in South Dakota, it's a super spreader. And one says it proves that we need to be questioning um, what's going on with COVID. So we've got to take that in into account. Okay. So you happen to see women that say, because that wouldn't be my first thought. I would have to really think long and hard about that question. It wouldn't be a simple, I put on a miniskirt and walk in the park. I I mean, that, that to me. Like, as, as, like please understand, yeah. and I know you can't relate. Obviously, as a man, that hurt to understand. And it goes back to women not feeling protected. And wow, we are, are we, you know, the, the owners of penises, 
that big of a threat and we make you feel unsafe, that hurt to read. Like, it wasn't just one or two. It was a whole thread of, you know, I'd go somewhere and not have to have my guy friends come along to feel protected. I'd I'd walk in the park by myself at night. I wouldn't have I'd actually listen to music with both earbuds in, so I didn't have to keep one out to listen for anything crazy happening. Like that that hurt. So I get Ross, what you're saying. But with all due respect, I'm not even talking about a man's response to right. that. I was I was joking. And I, and I know that you're answering based on me talking about you liked WAP. But I'm 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 talking about Maxine Waters uh-huh. writing this letter to Megan the Stallion. And, and including and, and 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 again, I'm not a hater. I'm I'm not a hater. Let me let me be very clear. I I appreciate the fact that Megan the Stallion, because here's one of the things that I do know about her. She's like young. She's like in her like early twenties, like twenty three. Ah, twenty four. Seems like twenty four, twenty five ish. Seems like does not have parents. This is a girl who does not have parents. Both of her parents are deceased. So for her, and it doesn't come from money. This isn't this is this isn't this isn't a situation where this girl came from money and was left inheritance. So for her to find a way to make it and to be as successful as she is, I have to give her props for that. I have to do that. I, I so I, I do. And is she talented as a? I mean, you know, I've seen her do some freestyle. I don't. I don't think she. I, I think she's. I, I can't say she's not talented. I just think that when we talk about images of black womanhood, mm-hmm. I don't know. See, I don't know if Megan has been here long enough for us to really have, cause she's not, she's not going to do everything she's going to do. She's still new to the game. So when I think about someone in Congress sending this letter to her as this voice that is uplifting black women and this, thank you. I, okay with that as long as you sent some other letters out but because you and this goes back to me kind of not only questioning some of the stuff that Maxine Waters said earlier in the year about who she's not going to forgive but it's a it's a judgment call about what we're choosing to to highlight and to affirm I just I I would just hope that there were more letters that were sent out to other black women. Cause I think to choose or to point out Megan as this role model, I think that's questionable. I hear what you're saying because when you compare it to a woman feeling safe with men, that's a whole other discussion because I even suggested last week that black women don't necessarily feel loved and appreciated by black, black men. And there is that. But I also think in terms of the imagery as the black woman, as the, you know, the sex machine, the whore, I think that some of that, you know, you know, whether you should be able to walk around naked and be safe is one thing. Whether you should want to always do that is the question. What would your need? Why would you need, especially in a society that does not do that? Why would, you know, what is your purpose in doing that? And you said, well, you know, you got to, you know, you got to, it's it's what? You got it for the what? You have to, here's my thing. I mean, here's my question. Okay. I didn't hear what you said. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. I said, here's my question. How do you dismantle something 
by, by without throwing the bricks at it. Like I get, I get like someone's gotta wear the 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 mini skirt and say you're gonna respect me regardless. Someone's gotta throw the bricks at this thing to tear it down. Because if everyone just says, you know, plays in respectability, so on and so forth, and be demure and be covered and so on and so forth, you're not throwing the bricks to tear down the thing that says, oh, you have on a short skirt. You must be part of who culture. You have to but throw the bricks. All you do, but if that's all you do, if even in, even when it's because to me, I, you know, folks thought the SNL performance that Megan did was super empowered. Yes. And, and I had yes. mixed feelings about it. Because if that's all you do, if the, if that is all you do, if you got to show up every time naked or with chest out or ass out, I, I'm because there's a balance to to how we how we live and function. Like we balance out like we're not all one thing all the time. Right. I, I, I just there's there's this lack of balance. And there's we we saw in the situation. And I'm not going to get too deep into this because I think we are, you know, where she had the incident with the boyfriend. other uh, rapper who shot her in the foot, which, you know, brought up a whole lot of discussions online mm. about treatment of women versus, you know, protecting women. And and some of the conversations were legitimate. But you and I, when we talked about it, I said it also speaks to choices that women make in choosing men and choosing company. And it, it had a lot of, it arose it it, to me, a lot of questions arose out of that about how we how women think about their purpose and their worth. Cause see a certain kind of, if you have a certain kind of thought process, you wouldn't be with the kind of man that's going to shoot you in the foot. You're not going to be in certain company. And there's a mentality a lot of times that goes with the sexualized behavior. There's a mentality that goes with that and it shows up in different places. It shows up in the car, you getting your foot shot or it shows up. And I'm, and again, I, you know, people are married and they have the right to choose because we we were talking about Cardi B being um, person of the year for billboard woman of the year. Now, if that's just based on music sales, okay. <laughs> if that's based on music sales, okay. But outside of that, if that's based on imagery and, and, uh, you know, uplifting community, all of that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, if it's about work ethic, I can't talk about Cardi B's work ethic because again, she's like Megan, you have to give credit to the fact that these girls come from nothing and have built themselves up, built their careers. I have to give, I, I I'm not, I'm not a hater. So yeah. Okay, great. Uh, billboard, if that's based on record sales. Okay. If that's based on downloads and media, let's, let's go for it. But there's a mentality that comes with that because Cardi, as smart as she was about her career, is always naked. Is all her most of her music is you. I don't necessarily want my nieces and nephews listening to it, the little ones. And, and and again, in terms of mentality, publicly back and forth with a man that's constantly cheating and this whole back and forth. So there are things that in terms of how we lift and how we function in the world, it says it speaks to who we are. It's not just what you put on. It's the way you function in the world. And those things show in other places of your life. And it just so happens that these people are public. And I just, you know, with Maxine Waters taking the time to write this letter that went viral, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Who else did you write the letter to? Who else are you 
honoring in this way? Who else do you, are you are you giving homage to who uplifts the black woman? Because if this is the person you chose, and this is all you've chosen for the year, Auntie Maxine, uh, I mean, next to that letter that you, or excuse me, not the letter, next to that statement you made about not forgiving black men for voting for outside of the Democrat, we got a problem. I'm sorry. That's just me. What is your What is your feeling? Um, I think Megan's a different animal. I, I think, ironically, then what? Then then Cardi yes, or I just think a Megan's a completely different animal than Cardi. I mean, um, okay, they have similar stories, but right now, what they're actually doing are two totally different things. And Megan is doing things. If all you see Megan is naked stallion girl then like you said, you're more than one thing at one time. She's actually established scholarship fund. She's actually doing things for black women in the community, so on and so forth. And I think that's where the letter comes from. I think the thing is use your platform for something. Um, I love the uh, personal thing. I love the way, I know you, you have issue with it to a certain degree. I love the way Lizzo uses her platform to further, you know, tear down, throw bricks at, fat phobia, fat shaming, so on and so forth. You use your platform and you throw bricks at the establishment that oppresses you. You know, I have mixed feelings about um, in terms of Lizzo, in terms of what, what she represents. I think, again, a talented person, a very, very talented person. Um, I th- and I and I've told you before. I think you know, in terms of just beauty, I think Lizzo is absolutely gorgeous. I think her she's got one of the most beautiful faces. Um, and I don't, it, you know, in terms of what size a person wants to be as a as a larger woman. I mean, I'm you know, I'm not tiny. I'm not like huge. I'm like fourteen, sixteen. That's a big. That's considered a larger. And I never said that on, but I'm I'm that's you know I'm that size, and that's not considered small. And, you know, and it's not Hollywood. It's a Hollywood size. So we, you know, so I get it. I mean, that that's still, you know, smaller than a Lizzo, but still considered plus. So I get it. I, you know, in terms of always being naked all the time, I, you know, Lizzo does a lot of, um, I don't, you know, I, I look at that and I'm thinking you're, you're, I, my thought process is you're more, you don't have to do that. Like you're, you've got so much, you're so talented. You don't have to be naked and shaking your ass to prove a point or, you know, you don't, I, I, that's my thought process about it. I get you can, but there's there's balance to that and i sometimes i think we go some of these these people have gone sometimes overboard with it cuz you don't want to be sexualized but you but you sexualize yourself all the time but you're always naked i i that makes no sense you know there's this you know respect me respect me my what i do but you're like i don't l- listen the guy who let me tell you the guy who always has his shirt off or always is in gray sweatpants online. I, I, I'm like, oh, oh, sorry. I mean, whoever that is, I, I'm like, oh, next, next. I mean, I I think the same thing about men. If you're always, you know, you always flexing and naked on, you know, 
like it's showing your print all the time. I'm like, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> nah. And wait a minute. Wait. What? I'm forgetting the 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 bombshell of the week. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dogg even weighed in when he was asked. Now, keep in mind, he was asked about what he thought about WAP. And that's, that is, for those of you, because we've referred to it, WAP is the song uh, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. And it's in the, WAP stands for what it stands for. It stands for, uh, should, should I say it? Uh, we, we, we run a classy show, but we're just going to say WAP, if you don't know, stands for wet ass pussy. Um, which that in itself. Okay. So they asked Snoop Dogg what he thought about it. And basically Snoop was like, you know, these women need to, we, they need to slow down that, you know, stop giving everything away. Stop giving it away. There's gotta be some, something sacred. And I know I hear you. I I can hear you breathing in the background. (laughs) And, it, 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 and there is an irony that it came from Snoop, but what he did say was in his younger days, he'd have been all for it. He'd have been all over it. But as a grown man now, as a grown man with a daughter who's had experience and who has lived and learned, he gets now that 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 all that exposure and that exploitative behavior, it's just not it's just not it, it's just not the move. So his, it was like, you know, women need to understand, especially young women, because he was specific to young women. Young women need to understand that there's, there is, you know, power in keeping something to yourself. I was like, first of all, I had to, after I picked my jaw up off the floor from hearing that come from Snoop, I was like, oh, okay, here we go for growth and maturity. I liked it and you didn't like it. There you go, Mr. Um, I'm not a misogynist. Go go on. Say what, what you got I'm to say. Like, my problem is overall with a lot of dudes in hip hop and No, no, no. Let's be specific to, to Fine. To Snoop. I mean it's Snoop in this instance, but it's widely applicable. It should not take you until you forty some odd damn years old to figure out like, hey, maybe disrespecting women ain't the thing to do. So I'm no, no, glad no, this revelation. No, no, I'm glad no it's, not, it's, cause it's not just that. It's about because this is about their impact. This isn't this is about the woman's control. This is and, and I get it. There's that part of him disrespecting women, too. But it's also about him speaking to the woman, keeping something sacred for herself. Now, that part, I think, is legitimate. But I'm you're delegitimizing it because you I, think Snoop is too old to come to this reasoning. Is that what you? No, or is not that what at all. You, it's just it, it. It you know. Welcome to the party, bro. Took you long enough. Yeah, but you're defending in one hand the behavior that he's talking about needs to be slowed down. Hold on. This, you defend, oh, you this is ass not. Out. You ass out on legs cocked with these women talking about we you know it's they could do it and be disrespectful but but cardi and megan don't make music for kids under no circumstances should your high schooler be listening to this yeah but you know that they do you know that that that's their audience but you know that what should and should not be but the truth of the matter is is that that's who their audience is there's a lot of grown-ass women listening to that too but a lot of that are very, very young people. 
mindset of it. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, what should and should not be in terms of who's listening? We okay, but we know who is listening and who is being um, shaped and who because who they ain't role models for no grown women. They role models for kids. Well. And when I say kids, I'm like, you know, 24 and under. Because, you know, your your brain doesn't fully develop. And this is this is true. This is medical science until you're 25. Your brain does not fully develop until you're 25. So, okay. All right. You know what? We could go back and forth with this. But okay. So, you know, here we are giving our opinion on stuff again. Somebody's going to write in and say, you know something they do every week I, I just look forward <laughs> say what team megan just so we're clear I, and i'm not i'm not a mate i'm not a hater I, i'm not a hater I, I i'm more I, I really my concern is who maxine waters chose to write that letter to but you know I it makes you sense. Get, how about maxine you get us that stimulus money girl how about you you get people who are unemployed that unemployed that money too. That how, too. how about you do that instead of you writing letters to uh rap us how about that now and i'm not a hater of maxine waters either she just happened to write the letter and it went viral so <laughs> we had some technical difficulties in the middle of the show so i hope we got all that in yeah. you know i hope we got it oh goodness but anyway we're gonna wrap this up good sir you got anything else for the people nah, that's about it you know drink your water <laughs> take your vitamin c you know go meg please please did you say go, Meg? Yes, I did. Oh. And how about thank you, Snoop? Thank you for for saying what you said as a grown ass man. Now you had to come to the realization when you came to it. How about that? Okay, so we are going to wrap this up, and I want to thank all of the listeners. Listen, people, we you listen. You're gonna have to subscribe. We're getting ready to take it next level. You know that we go to the next level in January in just a little over a month. We need you to subscribe. We are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. We are on Anchor. We are on iTunes. We're on Google. We're, any, we're on SoundCloud. We're any place you want to find your favorite podcast. We need you to subscribe. That helps us continue to bring you this commentary every week. Right. Tell the people, Ross, they got to subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. You do not want to miss all this sexy in person <laughs> on video. Really? You, you do not want to miss all this. Oh, it's coming. We bringing it. Listen, I'm working my behind off and you know I don't like to. Yeah. So, <laughs> so subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Everybody Loves Bliss. And we want you to know we love you and we want the best for you. Say bye to the people, Ross. Peace. Bye. <laughs>